Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg ad-free and right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here with another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week, a look at the critical numbers when it comes to planes, ships, and people. I'll talk with Amir Elon from Longwoods International on the research they've done on American traveler behavior. What's changed, what hasn't, and most important, why? And what does this mean to your travel decisions? Then I'll set sail with Kelly Craighead, President and CEO of Cruise Lines International, with a look at why and how cruising is booming and why so many people are taking longer cruises. And then, some of the big changes coming with the airlines, starting with the end of first class on so many carriers. I'll speak with journalist Madhu Unikrishnan to crunch those numbers. First up, Amir Elon. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects. But there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. 
Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Amir Elon, hello, sir. Hello, Peter. Good to hear from you. So now you're out with your fall travel outlook, and I have to tell you, I was a little bit surprised because you're, you're claiming that it's really bullish. I'm not claiming it. American travelers are claiming it. <laughs> uh, you know, despite, despite the economists uh, being bearish on the economy, travelers are still pl- placing a priority on travel. And so they're still planning fall trips. I think you said, what, 53, yeah. 53% are saying they're going to plan fall trips. Uh, 66% well, yeah. <laughs> planning to visit friends and family this fall. Of course, we know what that is. That's called Thanksgiving. But what else? <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot happening. Uh, we're, 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 uh, we're excited to see this news. Uh, you know, the, the, the main thing you're seeing is uh, travel for your typical fall activities is up literally across the board. I mean, we've got travelers that are, uh, you know, first and foremost, like you said, visiting friends and family. But road tripping is projected to be 10 points higher, 53% telling us they're going to take a road trip this fall. Uh, the great outdoors continues to dominate with uh, uh, four out of 10 travelers that are, tra- that are traveling this fall telling us that they are uh, going to visit a national state park or monument. So if you're uh, working in those parks, uh, get ready. They're coming. Uh, and, and, but then we're also seeing you know, returns to cultural activities that are more city, uh, city-centric activities. So one-third of travelers saying uh, that they're going to visit museums, art galleries, other cultural institutions. And again, these are all up significantly uh, from the past year. So what we're really seeing here, Peter, is a return to kind of that pre-pandemic fall travel pattern. Matter of fact, travelers are bullish across the board. Nine out of 10 American travelers are telling us they're going to go somewhere in the next six months. And yes, a lot of it is going to be tied to the holiday travel, but but Americans uh, still seeing travel as a priority despite the economy. Yeah, you know where they're going to go, Amir? They're going to go to the bank and get a loan so they can afford to travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the per, you know, the per person spend is definitely uh, going to be impacted. And, and, and we've already been seeing that, you know, through the summer where travelers were reallocating their travel spend and uh, you know, maybe uh, economizing a little more in what level of hotel they were staying in, making sure that the rates they got were inclusive of breakfast, maybe uh, eating a little more fast foods and fine dining, uh, you know, shopping a little less for souvenirs um, and, and, and those types of things. But, but by golly, they are intent on traveling. And what's the impact of gas prices? That's always the question, isn't it? You know, it is, but it's, it's stabilized. It, you know, it, it's not it's not as bad as, as it's been. It's been holding steady, and, you know, only about a quarter, uh, only about, you know, one out of five to one out of four travelers over the last six months has really been sh- telling us that gas prices will greatly impact their decision to travel in the next six months. So, so uh, we're, you know, that's, that's uh, you, know, you know, in many ways you can surmise that travelers have kind of gotten used to that. That's part of the cost of getting out there on the road. And, you know, they'll, they'll take it out on their spend, but they're still going to make that trip happen. Well, speaking of spending, here's the I word, inflation. What impact yeah. is inflation having on their decision making? Same thing. Same thing. You're seeing about one-fifth of a quarter travelers telling us that, 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 uh, that inflation is going to be a, uh, um, you know, is, is, is going to greatly impact their decision to travel. But again, when we dig deeper and ask them, how is it, how, you know, how is it going to impact that decision? It's not about not going. You know, less than 5% of travelers are saying they're canceling trips. So what they're saying is we're going to spend less on the souvenirs, dining, and other types of uh, uh, things. But we're going to get there. You know, airfare, for the most part, airfare is what it is. Gas prices are what they are. 
So we'll just cut back in other ways because we really want to visit our relatives or we want to get together and go out. Uh, you know, here, here, here's, here's one of the biggest changes that we've seen over recent years uh, since the recovery from the pandemic is that visiting friends and relatives no longer means just going to grandma and grandma's house and, you know, parking yourself there for three or four days. <laughs> visiting friends and relatives also means getting away with friends and relatives places. So they may decide to go. Wait, wait, you know, a, sec- wait a second. Wait a second. Depends on who your relatives are. Well, yeah, yeah, and your friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, so basically it's not a question of when, if, or whether. It's just a matter of how. Exactly. All right, so let me shift gears here for a second because, we, you know, we're dealing with airfares right now, which for, for at least for a change are coming down. They're down about 29% yep. over where they were about three weeks ago. That's always a good sign for us as consumers, and they're going even lower. We're seeing airfares in some markets, let's say from Los Angeles to London, as low as $208 each way, including taxes and fees. So that's really good news. Uh, the dollar still is sort of okay against the British pound and the euro. But the, the real intangible here, I don't know if, you, if your research talked about this, Amir, is, of course, hotel rates. Yeah, you know, our, our, our hotel rates, uh, we, 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 in this survey, we don't track hotel rates, but obviously if you look at the sources like the Travel Research and others, um, you know, it, 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 it depends by the market. Uh, we've seen a lot of softening uh, around the edges in some, in some major markets. But uh, again, um, you know, kind of the, 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 the leisure business travel model has, you know, been flipped on its end for a while now. And, and, uh, and, and so we're, we're, we're still seeing leisure travelers, um, you know, Showing out top dollars a lot of My thanks to Amir. 20 years ago, the cliche saying about cruise ships was that the only people who went were the newlywed and the nearly dead. Not anymore. In the post-pandemic world, cruising is booming. But how? And why? And even where? Kelly Craighead knows the answers. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks, Peter. I love being on the show. And it's a great question because I think that Cruise is rebounding even faster more and better than other segments of travel. So Why? cruise Why? is 
well, of course, it's the best way to see the world, but I think part of it is because the intent to take a cruise is greater now than it was in 2019. There's a lot of new ships, just like you said. So remember, cruise has a very wide product offering, so there's something for everyone. So some of the ships that are coming out are ultra-luxury, which is a growing trend. Some of them are focused on expedition, which is a growing trend. And some of them are some of the most magnificent contemporary ships that have seen the market. And so, again, there's just a wide appeal for a wide set of interested travelers. I mean, I've always thought in the last couple of years that some of the cruise ships that are coming out, doesn't matter their destination because they are the destination. That's right. And there is a difference. So there are some ships that are, in fact, intended to be a destination, and they are some of the best destinations that you can see and participate in around the world. Some of them really are an efficient um, mode of travel that are helpful for people with mobility issues that want to get to places that you can only get to by a ship. Alaska is a great example of how you can really see things um, only if you take a ship to get there. You know, what's interesting to me about, you talk about accessibility, uh, you know, the, the cruise lines were very, very good uh, at adapting very quickly to the ADA and making sure that, that there, were, there were ramps and, 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 and even, even special lifts to get people into the pool if they had a mobility issue. The real issue that I had for years was the ports. The ports were not ramping themselves. I had a, a researcher who worked for me, an amazing woman, um, and she was actually a quadriplegic. And I sent her on a cruise. And she had the best time ever on the cruise. Could never leave the ship. Because every port they went to. And I said, why doesn't the cruise industry just get together and say, we're not going to sail to this port unless you ramp it. Because, you're lo- first of all, on an economic level, they'd be making a mistake. Because 19% of the American public has a disability of one kind. True. And I think maybe that might be a little bit of older information because many of the ports, especially oh, no, it, it the was ones older are, information. Yes. are dedicated to cruise, have accessibility as a high priority. Right. It is maybe not a, a requirement for doing business, but it is certainly a consideration because all of the cruise lines that we represent really are focused on being an accessible form of travel. Because they understand that they have wallets too. They do. And you know what's interesting about accessibility is now it's extending extending beyond mobility. Now they have, many of our cruise lines are focused on sensory. They're focused on cognitive. And so there are, you know, again, when you talk about accessibility and, and, and marrying people to people and people to places and why I say cruise is the best way to see the world is really welcoming that wide swath of traveler that might need some extra help. You know, I'm always asking my audience to let me know if they've got a question or a problem. One of the most traditional questions and problems that still exists is people who write into me or who call in saying, I'm solo, I'm single. You know, where can I cruise without paying that dreaded single supplement? Yeah, so you are always so prescient and your listeners are so on top of the game. You know, I'm I'm really talking about some of the trends in cruise right now, and one of the growing trends is is accommodating the single traveler. So you're seeing more and more of these new ships coming that are out. Built, with, that are building that it with that design built, built in. It is built for single accommodations. It is actually an amazing, I think, trend that we're seeing with all of the new ships coming out is to allow for that single occupancy. You know, it's funny. When, when one of those ships first came out, it, it might have been Norwegian, and they had like their single cabins, right? And the way they designed it in the old days, 
it was sort of like they were caged animals, you know, because they, they built, okay, all the single people in those 14 rooms over there, and that's your bar, and that's your restaurant, and don't leave. You know, it was, they didn't really do it the right way. Now it's different. Correct. Well, I mean, I think you see a, a constant evolution in crews that is always adapting to accommodate travelers and meeting them where they're at. And one of the other kind of exciting trends and where I think you'll continue to see the industry adapt and evolve is around the number of younger people who are interested in cruising. The fastest growing segment of interested or have an intent to cruise that are curious about cruisers are millennials and Gen Z. So the median age is coming down. The median age is coming down. Uh, I think the median age right now is roughly around 50. The, but that's down from where it was a lot. It is significantly down from where it was. And again, looking to the future, I think it's 77% of millennials have expressed an interest in cruising and 73% of Gen Z have expressed an interest or are curious about taking a cruise. That's See, my idea is that 73% have expressed an interest if mommy and daddy will pay for it. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think it really is about the role of sustainability yeah. and where... Cruise is seen as leading the way on some of the most responsible travel that is being offered as a as an opportunity today. And I think that is something that the industry is committed to, the cruise line executives are committed to. You've seen this in the new ships that are coming out and the number, the kinds of alternative fuel that they're using. But I think it's really attractive to that millennial and that Gen Z who, in fact, are paying for themselves. Maybe they can support me. Or me. <laughs> <laughs> Now, one of the things I've always said, I believe it, I'll go down in flames as always, is that people really don't change their lifestyle when they change their location. They think they do. They don't want to be disturbed when they travel. Sure they do. They are disturbed. You know, but the point is, they want to stay connected. And, the, and, and, of course, the pandemic had a lot to do with this, where people went from working from an office to working from home to working from anywhere. And we're seeing now, and, and maybe you're seeing it on your end, I'm seeing it on my end, a lot of people are taking longer cruises uh, because they're gonna, they can work from the ship. It's true. It's actually, actually, Peter, it's on both sides of the continuum. So it is true that there are more people taking longer ships because there's more ability to work from a ship competently. But what I think is interesting, and again, when you look at the younger demographics that don't have as much time or as much flexibility as some workers or travelers, is the, some of the itineraries are actually getting shorter so that you can take some of these exciting dynamic expeditions and not have to be out for 21 days. You could be out for seven days. Well, they've done that in the Antarctic now. They've, for those people who have done the Drake Shake um, and survived it, uh, you don't have to do that anymore. You can actually fly over it and save three or four days. That's right. And well, and it's more than three or four days in some of the instances. And so I think, again, that is just a reflection of kind of knowing who their, who their clients are, who their guests are going to be, and recognizing that you need to actually offer around the world. You need to offer kind of these mega itineraries that are 30, 40, 50 plus days or 20 plus days. But you also need something that is maybe out of the Caribbean that is not 14 days and not four. Exactly. Now, going back to connectivity, I remember when I tried to work from a cruise ship about 15 years ago, and the internet was terrible, and the satellite systems were non-existent or equally terrible. And I find myself, you know, like at 7.30 in the morning, racing off the ship to find some pathetic internet cafe in, you know, in the middle of South America where they were charging me 10 cents every six seconds and just to be able to send from my computer. Now, every new ship that's coming out, I mean, Elon must maybe be a little 
Elon Musk may be a little eccentric, but his satellite system works. That Starlink system, we were down in the Antarctic, and the network asked me if I could do a live spot. And I said, I don't think, and wait a minute, I tried it. We did, in the most remote possible place in the planet, we were getting a clear signal, which it's means true. the cruise lines have had to readapt their business model and offer Wi-Fi at almost either a nominal cost or for free. It's true. I mean, some people might think it's a blessing. Some people might think that it's a curse. But what everyone can likely agree on is it's very, it works. It, it is very good. But again, I think what we've said now a couple of times is just about the adaptability and the flexibility of cruise ships. And I think as we're all sailing towards a better future and you're seeing all of these new all products pun come out. All pun intended. Exactly. Thank you. Just wanted to see if you're listening. I was listening. Um, but it really, I mean, it is what makes the cruise industry so exciting is because it is so adaptable. It is so flexible. And it really, again, offers something for everyone and that wide range of products and the experience you want to have, you can really kind of curate through a cruise ship, obviously using a travel advisor. My thanks to Kelly. And then a look at airlift in 2023 and 2024. With airline operational reliability terrible, fares at historic highs, and the airlines making more money than in recent memory, what's left for quality of service? Not to mention the possible sunset for first class. Madhu Unakrishnan has the report. Madhu Unakrishnan, how are you, sir? I'm really good, Peter. Thanks for having me. And it's, it's a perfect time for us to talk because, you know, the last time you and I spoke, we were talking about this subject, but it was before Labor Day. And I basically said, airfares are at near historic highs. Hotel rates are at historic highs, if you really want to look at it, adjusted even for inflation. Uh, the cost of travel is going through the roof, and nobody seems to care. I mean, people don't seem to be price sensitive. Money's no object. They, you know, they blew through their savings. Then they started putting it on their credit cards. And now here we are, and it's after Labor Day. And I said to you, what, a month and a half ago, I said, they can't sustain this. So I'll ask you the question again, sir. Can they sustain this? In a word, no. The uh, you know, Peter, let's back up a little bit. Last summer, twenty one was or twenty two was supposed to be the hot vac summer, where everyone you know, the whole world was going to be on the road, engaging in revenge travel, as it's called. But you know, remember, a lot of places were still closed then. It's easy to forget now, but a lot of places were still closed. So now, you know, this past summer. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it on your social media feed. Everyone and their roommate and their brother was in Europe or, or in Asia or taking... Not the only were they in Europe, 55% more this year, Americans alone. And, and to give you an idea of how crazy it is, the Greek government announced they're going to finally put a limit on the total number of tourists every day that can visit the Acropolis. Exactly. Wait, wait, ready for the number? What? This is the one they're going to limit it to. 20,000. 20,000. A day. Wow. Are you nuts? That's nuts. Why would you even want to attempt that? <laughs> you know, I was recently in Greece and somebody said, hey, you want to go to Santorini? I said, not on your life. <laughs> it's elbow to elbow. You can't move. Right. right? We, we have invaded. Americans invaded Europe. Yeah, exactly. I can't I'll go on social media without seeing just the people I would never have expected in Europe, in Asia. It, wherever wherever they wanted to go. And, See, this, I, and I call that, and I saw it happen once before when the economic meltdown happened in 2008, 2009. We were all crowded into Europe again. And I kept on saying to people, wait a second, 
you do know there's an economic debacle going on, right? And you brought your whole family over here? Yeah, why? And the answer was almost the same with every person I asked. They said, well, we felt if we didn't come now, we'd never go. It was sort of a last supper mentality, right? And my argument has been, and tell me if you, you agree with this or not, that during the pandemic, a lot of Americans came up close and personal with their own mortality, Either they got COVID and survived or their their best friends got it and didn't survive or family members were lost. And it resonated to the point where they said, you know what? I don't want to buy a new car. I don't want to buy new clothing, new jewelry. I don't want to buy a new expensive electronic item. I just want to buy experiences because I have no idea how long I'm going to be on the planet. And so all that money was earmarked then for travel. Mm -hmm. And all the money that they saved was earmarked for travel. And then they just blew through that because they weren't price sensitive at all. And all these rates were going stratospheric. And then during the whole period of time, what happened? They were getting solicited by every credit card company in the world with huge bonus points, huge mileage premiums. If you get the card, you get 60,000 miles, 100,000 miles. So they went out and got all these credit cards at 24 to 28% interest. Ouch. <laughs> Big ouch. You know, it's interesting. If I, lo- if I was a bank, just a bank, and loaned you something at 28% interest, I'd go to prison. That's called usury. Right. But credit card companies... The, the wheels are off. The brakes are off. It's crazy. It's the wild, wild west and there's no sheriff. Yeah. So now they put it on the credit cards and now guess what? The bill's coming in. We're seeing credit card defaults going through the roof. We're seeing people being delinquent on other high interest loans. And gee, I wonder why that happened. So now our airfare is going to come down. Exactly. And, you know, that's that's exactly right, Peter. People coming back from Santorini and they have their credit card bills and they realize, oh, I don't have the pandemic savings that I had for, for three years. Um, demand is going to fall off. And when demand falls off, airfares fall. And, you know, Peter, it was interesting listening to the, the second quarter earnings calls from the air, airlines about a month ago. Which, by the way, the, the largest earnings they've ever had. Exactly. But, you know, it was kind of like there, there was a little bit of a mirage. If you listen to United, American, and Delta, yeah, they're making a ton of money flying people all over the world, right? But if you listen to the domestic carriers, like JetBlue, Southwest, um, Spirit, um, Sun Country. They were actually saying, we got a problem. Exactly. Exactly. And now, you know, the kids are back in school. People aren't jetting off to Europe anymore. Demand is falling off. Domestic and I'm seeing demand. fair sales. JetBlue, $79. Exactly. Breeze, $39. Spirit, Southwest. I haven't really seen the sales from American United and Delta yet. I think they'll come. I mean, same as you. I was trying to book a ticket to New York the other day, and I saw a JetBlue fare for $99 to JFK, San Francisco JFK. Right? I mean, the, these domestic fares are falling. I think the international fares are going to follow. Now, on the international fares, if you do it adjusted for inflation and everything else, they were up on average 27% over last year. Yeah. Although on the routes that I flew, they're up, I think, 9,000%. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I could accommodate a coach airfare from New York to London for $800. They were asking 2200 yeah. right? I came back from Athens the other day. My one-way fare, and I know my, my listeners are going to be shocked. The plane was totally full. Yes, I was in coach. was $1,600 one way $1, in coach wow. for one Biscoff cookie. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Right. And those fears didn't come down yet. No, but I, I think they will. I mean, you know, people aren't going to be traveling as much. The other thing that's important to remember is, you know, the um, after the pandemic, the, the business travel market is expected to be about 20% smaller than it was in 2019. And as we know, that's how airlines make a lot of their money. So, Or that's how they, that's how how they, they did. did. Right. And, you know, when kids went back in school after Labor Day, business travel picked up. Well, now that 
pie is 20% smaller. So, you know, the airlines are going to try to make money any way they can. And well, there's a rumor going around that with the exception of maybe one or two routes, one of which being the transcon between L.A. and New York, because so many movie stars are on that flight, <laughs> and it's part of their after-SAG contract to be flown first class. Right. But other than that route, <clears throat> I think most of the airlines are going to take first class off. Yeah, that, that first class has been dying for a long time. And, um, you know, there's some airlines that say they're committed to it for the for the next for the foreseeable future, but um, it'll be interesting to see how premium works plays out. Well, on heavily competitive intercontinental routes, you know, where Singapore Airlines is competing with Emirates and everybody else, you know what? They'll, They'll keep it. Absolutely. And you know, one trend to keep an eye on, I think, Peter, is that during the pandemic and in, you know, the hot starting last summer, premium leisure travel skyrocketed. So it wasn't, you know, the businessman or woman in the first front of the aircraft, it was families going to Europe or going to Asia. Um, but as we as we just talked about, the pandemic savings have burned off. People are putting it on the credit card. Will that trend continue? I mean, airlines were, were you know, popping champagne corks a few weeks ago saying, yeah, you know, families are not traveling premium. This, this is the future. It's not, it'll fill the vacuum left by the vi- business travel. But, but maybe not. You know? At the same time, what the airlines are doing is they've realigned their business model in terms of their loyalty programs by saying, you know what, it doesn't matter anymore how much you've flown. It doesn't matter anymore how many miles you've actually flown or how many times you've been on a leg of a flight. The only thing we care about is how much did you spend? Yeah. And if you want us to reward you for your loyalty, it's based on how much you spent. And you know what? They're pushed a lot of people away. Mm-hmm. And um, how loyalty, I mean, as we know, during the pandemic, airlines monetized that. They used it to, sec- to securitize financing. Yeah. So... Um, it's a big sort of nebulous part of the And we're not industry. out of the woods yet on that. Right. But the good news is, according to you, Madhu, airfares are coming down. I believe so. My thanks to Madhu, to Kelly Craighead, and to Amir Elon. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the latest breaking travel news, you know what to do. Just log on to petergreenberg.com. The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.